Good morning. I still love the way you quiet down. It cracks me up. Well, we have a privilege this morning to worship the Lord as his children, as a family. And there is an exhortation for us found in the Psalms that I'd like to read before we begin. So if you would stand, please. Shout joyfully to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. All the earth will worship you and will sing praises to you. They will sing praises to your name. 
God. Remember, men and ladies, we split the bridge on this one. So ladies follow ladies, men follow me. Who has held? Ready? Who has held the oceans in his hands? Who has numbered every grain of sand?
please be seated. Well, as we continue, these are opportunities. Um, I have a few opportunities here for you to continue worshiping through the week, leading into next week and beyond. If you're visiting with us today, if you have prayer requests, if you want to connect with us in any way, if you would please text the word CONNECT to 904-441-6900. You'll receive a link to our link tree, which will present to you options that you can click on and you can go from there so that you can communicate with us, get information, uh, and get that ball rolling. We have a couple of things coming up next week, February 25th. One of them is we will be having child dedications. They, you can visit AnastasiaKids.com uh, to register, or you can email Ms. Stephanie Stiles, and her email address is there in the bulletin for you uh, if you have any questions at all. The other thing is, is we have a business meeting. We have a congregational meeting next Sunday, the 25th, at 4 p.m., and that will be held over in the Christian Life Center. Uh, and so we hope to see you there so that we can keep you abreast of what's going on here so we can get feedback from you. It is a time uh, when we can do that together, and that's always a good thing. Believe me, it's always a good thing. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but it's a good thing. <laughs> Friday, March 8th at 6.30 p.m., ladies, uh, you can join us for a mom's gathering. Uh, they'll have food, and then you'll be, he'll be able to hear from a mom's panel um, if you have any questions along that line, uh, you, can, you can talk to Miss Judy Trippy. Now, to continue, I'm going to ask Miss Tamara to come. She has an announcement, unlike last week's, but similar. This is my, my last special announcement for a while, but it's a good one. Um, I am excited and honored to introduce you to Taylor Nicolosi. Taylor has been part of this church for a couple of years and has immediately gotten involved as a volunteer with our children's ministries, but she is now on staff, and she is our new children's ministry associate, and we are thrilled to welcome her and look forward to all that God has in store for her and her ministry and in our children's ministry, and we just thank you for your prayers and your support. Taylor, welcome. The church, as our, our tradition is, we, we love to just pray over our new leaders as they step into ministry. So we just want to pray over Taylor. Will you join me in praying? And if you'll just lift your hands out to signify your prayer. Lord, we just thank you so much for Taylor. Again, thank you so much for her stepping out in obedience to where you leave. But Lord, we're praying a blessing over her. Lord, we know that she's going to do so much to minister to our children and families. And so use her in a mighty way for your glory and for your kingdom. And Lord, just pray, Father, uh, that she would just be an, a resource to this church family, an encouragement to this church family. And God, we want to give you all glory and all praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church.
one? You guys want to come? <laughs> we, make, we have a special event every year where we make a special effort to hear from God, and I believe that um, God makes a special effort to speak to our teenagers through this event that we do every year called Impact Weekend. And so we have, we have like you said, like you saw, high-energy worship. We have a, bring a special speaker in and a special band. We do recreation. We have food. We um, have host homes all over our St. Augustine community, and um, kids uh, come and they participate in all of that. There's a lot of kids, though. It costs $60. There's a lot of kids who sometimes for their family it might be a little bit too much for them to be able to participate in. So we actually have a scholarship fund here at the church where uh, – People in our congregation, they give into that scholarship fund so that we can tell our students every year, don't let money be an issue, an issue for you on why you wouldn't be able to come. So I want to thank you for your generosity, but we could give money all day long to the church and it would just be temporary unless God uses it for his glory. So that's why we pray over our tithes and offerings every week. And so we pray that God will use it for his glory to do what he wants to not just to accomplish the things that we want to. If you have a teenager, or if you know a teenager, or if you have a friend who has a teenager, they shouldn't be anywhere else other than here for Impact Weekend. But we want to pray that God will do what only he can do. So will you join me in prayer? God, we thank you for this day that we could gather together, that we could um, learn uh, from your word, that we could hear uh, the, the preaching of your word, Lord, and we look forward to what you're going to do through that. We look forward, we're thankful that we can come and worship you and bless your heart. But Lord, we just pray that we will not just only be a part of what we want to do. We want to set aside our will and let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We want to be a part of your work. We thank you for the blessing of being a part of building your kingdom for your glory, not ours. So Lord, as we give our tithes and offerings, as we want to scholarship kids for, for camp and Impact Weekend and for all things through the year, Lord, we just pray that you will use it for your glory, that you will multiply it for your purposes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.
that your testimony? <laughs> God has never failed you. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul has talked about the things that he boasts in. His life that he could boast in. But considered it all rubbish, garbage, compared to boasting in what his Savior did for him. We have those moments every day when we can reside in what God has done and provided for us. There are times when it's easy and times when it's hard. And when it's hard, we have to have that resolve that says, this I know, this I hold. And this song will spell some of those things out for us as we take a look. So if you would stand, please, with me. This is the reminder that it's not us. It's not about us. It's about Christ in us.
someone here. Try to find someone you may not know. Introduce yourself to them. Welcome them here this morning. Let's continue worshiping together.
church. It's good to see you in the house this morning. If you didn't notice, things look a little bit different in the atrium today. Uh, That's because it's Say Yes Weekend, and uh, Say Yes Weekend for us is an opportunity that we want to invite you all to be a part of what God is doing here at Anastasia. Uh, There's over 22 tables in the atrium set up, and each one of those tables represents a ministry within our church walls. And so uh, encourage you as there's going to be an opportunity following the service to you to, uh, to stop by where God may be leading you. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But last weekend, we had over 180 people say yes to serving here within the church. That's incredible, isn't it? Some of you may have said yes last weekend, and now you woke up this morning and you said, God, what did I get myself into? Right? I know that God has immense plans for you, and God is going to work in a big way. Well, if I had to encapsulate a little bit, again, of what Say Yes Weekend is about and how God can work through that. Uh, About a year ago, I got an email from uh, a few of our uh, leaders within our deaf ministry. And they had reached out to me, and they felt very strongly that the Lord was leading them to start a life group. And uh, they were praying through it. They were feeling a little bit uh, timid about it, as we often do when God calls us to do something. And I encouraged them, and uh, through prayer, they stepped out in faith, and they did that. And uh, a few weeks uh, went by, and they had a, a, you know, a small group gathering of five to seven. And uh, since that time, they've continually met and been faithful to what the Lord had called them to do. Can I tell you, last month, uh, they averaged over 25 people in their life group. Isn't that incredible? That's what God can do when we say yes. And I, and I told our, our uh, deaf ministry, it's an incredible ministry, but I told them amen and amen for what God is doing and he's going to continue to do in your ministry. But I believe when we give God our yes, God not only gives us away, uh, he blesses us and others when we give him our yes to serve him. And that's, that's what this morning is about. And, you know, I think as we've been walking through the book of Titus, specifically as we come to Titus chapter 3, this is right kind of in line with what we're talking about and dealing with. See, as Paul wrote the book of Titus, uh, and he wrote the letter to Titus, rather, and as Titus is ministering to the churches in Crete, a lot of them struggled with remembering their purpose. 
And one of Paul's main goals in writing a letter of Titus was to remind the church of Crete that they had a God-given purpose in Christ. And he wanted to remind them that your purpose is to glorify God by being used for his work and purpose. But you know, I, I think maybe many in the church in Crete, like, just like us, we struggle when we hear that God has a purpose for us, that God wants to use us. We struggle with this question of, is it possible for God to work through me? Is it possible? When we consider our past, maybe our, uh, what we would consider our failures, our sins, our, our, our maybe our hurts, or, or maybe like Moses when God confronted him that he wanted to use him to minister to the people of Israel, uh, Moses said, I'm not good, I'm not eloquent with speech, right? And, and he struggled and he had these ideas and he wrestled with this question, is it possible, God, for you to use me? I think maybe many of us came in here this morning in this room struggling with that very same question. God, is it possible for you to use me? Maybe even some of us are struggling, God, is it possible for you to forgive me? But when we think about the question of, is it possible for God to work through me? Am I too broken? Is my past sin too big? Have I been disobedient? Am I, uh, I'm afraid of what I might say. I struggle to talk. I, I, God, I don't know how you could use me. But I, I'm grateful this morning that Titus chapter 3, Paul lays out some reasons why God can use each and every one of us for his glory. If you have your Bibles, turn to Titus chapter 3. Uh, we're going to read the first seven verses together, and I'm going to invite you this morning, if you are able, to please stand in the honor of the reading of God's Word. Titus chapter 3, verse 1. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Verse 4, don't miss it. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, verse 5, he saved us. Amen, church? Amen. He saved us. Uh, and it says that he saved us not because of our works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Verse 7, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. Why do I believe that God can use each and every one of us for his glory. I think Paul lays out four things here that you can write down this morning, uh, starting with the first one, if you're taking notes. God's goodness gives you grace over your past. God's goodness gives you grace over your past. Verse 4, Paul writes, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. But he started those, or precluded before those verses, that each and every one of us, if, if I were to summarize, has a past, a past filled with hurts, hang-ups, disobedience, and sin. But it says in the midst of that, Jesus showed up in his goodness and loving kindness. 
And he forgave us by dying on the cross, by offering his life as sacrifice for each and every one of us, meaning that our past is forgiven. It is undeserved grace, but it is the undeserved grace, grace that sets us free in Jesus. I think Paul was also saying that the weight of our past doesn't have fold on our future in Christ. The weight of our past doesn't have hold on our future in Christ. If you are in Christ, you are set free. It's funny to me that we often think in terms that God can't use me because of what I did or didn't do. Can I tell you, if you struggle to believe that God uh, can't forgive you or use you because of what you did or, or didn't do in your past life, can I tell you what he did on the cross is far bigger than what you did in your past? <laughs> what he accomplished, the work that he accomplished on the cross is far greater than any past or hurt or sin that we have in our life. And this is why when Jesus was on the cross, one of the last words that he uttered is, it is finished. He paid fully for the sin of you and me so that we might have a future in him. He paid it in full. What he did on the cross is far bigger than what you and I did in the past. You know, oftentimes the greatest limitation that we give God is believing that he can use us. Think about it. Oftentimes we don't have a struggle with believing that God can be a healer, creator, that he can ordain something to happen. We don't struggle with that, but we struggle to believe that God could use us. And thus we limit the God that we serve. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 says this, By the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purposes and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages begin. I like this, says that by the power of God who saved us, and called us to a holy calling. Do you know that you have a holy calling on your life? The holy calling is to walk in obedience to the Lord and live for his glory. And can I tell you, there is no greater calling in life than to live for him. Wherever you are, wherever you're at, you have a holy calling on your life. I don't know if you guys watched last weekend was the Super Bowl. Did anybody watch the Super Bowl last weekend? You know, uh, it's interesting. You think about the Super Bowl. You have all these athletes that are taking the field who are paid uh, large sums of money, and they train all year. They work really hard to get into that one moment where they can compete for a Super Bowl. Now, can you imagine uh, that if on that opening kickoff drive, when uh, the players are supposed to take the field, none of the players took the field, and instead they just sat on the sidelines? Now, I was hoping that was going to be the case for Kansas City, but it didn't happen like that. <laughs> but could you imagine all these players who train all year and they make all this money, and instead of taking the field at that one moment when they were supposed to, they sat on the sidelines. Church, so many of us, because of the doubts in our mind of whether God can use us, instead of being in the place of serving God and living for his glory, we are sitting on the sidelines. Here's the thing. God paid the ultimate price for us to be a part of what he is doing right now. 
to be a part of his kingdom work. Not that he needs us, but that he includes us to be a part of his work and his glory. We have a holy calling upon our life. And friends, it's not to sit on the sideline. It's to be a part of what God is calling us to do, his work. How can I know that God can use me? Because his goodness has given me grace over my past. His goodness is greater. Second thing you can write down this morning, I know that God can use us because of the regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit within us. Scripture says, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Paul says that there's a washing, there's a cleansing, there's a regeneration, there's a renewing of us in Christ Jesus. That the Holy Spirit dwells within us and it is renewing, it's regenerating the life of Christ in us. He is making us more like Christ in every moment of our life. See, sin not only robs us, it it lies and kills and destroys. And so we constantly need the renewing and the regenerating of the Holy Spirit in our life. And here's the beautiful thing. Here's why I know God can use each and every one of us. Because God is working on each and every one of us every moment of every day. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit doesn't take days off? (laughs) We would be in trouble, wouldn't we? God's Spirit is working at our lives all the time. I don't know that you know this, but when you came in these doors, God's Spirit was working on you. When I got up early this morning, God's Spirit was working on me. And it was working extra time on me because I didn't want to get up this morning, right? But when I go to bed this evening, you know what the Spirit of God's going to be working on? When I wake up tomorrow morning, the Spirit of God's going to be working on me. That's the power of God's Spirit working within us. How do I know that God can use me? Because he is constantly working on my heart and my life so that I can honor him in all things. But here's the thing about the work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit will only work in the places that we are willing to allow him to work in our life. If we're born again in Christ, we have to be humble before him. We have to be inviting the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Here's the hard part to work on the parts that are easy, ones that things are going mostly okay. No, for him to invite him to work on the parts of our life that truly need healing, cleansing, restoring, redeeming. I was thinking about this the other day. We uh, hire once a year someone to come help us deep clean our house. And uh, as we were getting ready for that person to come deep clean our house, I, I was showing her uh, the, the team of people, you know, here you can go in this room and you can clean this room. You can go to this room and clean it. Here's, here's what we'd love for you to do. And we came to one room and I said, don't go in there. <laughs> don't go in that room. See, that's the room where we put all the things that are, are scattered all around the house that we, we want to hide. We want to keep that room separate. Isn't it ironic, though, that the room that needed the most amount of cleaning, I told the cleaning team not to go in there. Isn't that how we are with God's spirit? God, I want you to work in all these areas in my life, but the areas that are sensitive, that hurt, that I don't want you to work in, God, no. I don't want you to work there. See, I I believe if we really are serious about being obedient to the call that God has on us, we would say before him, Lord, work on all areas of my life. Every aspect, every corner, every part of my life, I need you. I invite you to renew me, to regenerate me, to give me new life, to make me more like you in every way. 
But I know God can work in and through us because he hasn't given up on working on you and me. Each and every day, he's working on us so that we might be more like him, so that we might live more fully for his glory. Third thing that you can write down this morning, how do we know that God can work through us? The pouring out of the Spirit upon us. I love that Paul says this, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That word poured out richly means to give generously. That the Spirit of God is not given to us in measure, but the fullness of the Spirit is being poured down upon us. You know, you and I living in Florida, we are very familiar with what it looks like for it to pour down rain, right? We know if we walk outside right now, this is nothing, right? This is just a little sprinkle of rain. We know what it looks like when the heavens open up and rain pours down. I love that Paul didn't, he didn't, he didn't write here that, well, uh, when the Spirit just drizzles on you a little bit, right? No, the Spirit of God is being poured out upon us. Have you thought about that? That the almighty presence of God, the counselor, the great counselor, the spirit of the living God, the powerful God, it says the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives within us. That spirit is being poured out upon us. It's incredible to think about the spirit of God being poured out. You ever been so overwhelmed by the presence of God in your life? You ever uh, witnessed a time in your life where you experienced God in such a real way that it overwhelmed you? There's been times in my life where the Spirit of God was on me and, and I could sense God's presence in my life and I was overwhelmed to the point that I couldn't say anything. All I could do is worship before Him. Why is that? Because God is pouring out His Spirit upon us. That's why when we're encountering eternal, righteous, holy God, and that spirit is being poured on us, a finite, human, broken people. That's the spirit of God, and we are overwhelmed when we encounter the spirit of God. When I thought about, you know, what that looks like in our lives, I was thinking a couple years ago, I came down and from downstairs to find my kids at the kitchen table, and uh, they were playing with a little old tea set, this little old kid's tea set. Maybe you've ever seen those before. It had a little saucer it was probably the size of a quarter, the saucer. And one of my kids had a gallon of milk, and they were trying to pour the gallon of milk in that little baby saucer. They successfully got the milk in the saucer, but they also got milk everywhere on the counter, on the floor. It was being poured out in every direction. I think about the spirit of the living, powerful God being poured upon us think about that little saucer. We are overwhelmed by the presence of God. See, not only when the Spirit pours out on us, that it changes us inwardly. I believe when the Spirit of God is being poured out on us in that such a way that we, uh, the Spirit of God touches everyone we come in contact. It touches everything in our life. In fact, it flows through us. I think Jesus made reference to this in John chapter 7 verse 38. He said this, whoever believes in me as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. We have that relationship with the Lord Jesus. His spirit is pouring over us richly. 
in such a way that his water, his living water of life is flowing through us, helping people who are broken, leading people unto Christ, ministering to people through us. It's his living waters flowing through us. There's a commentary that thought about, a lot of scholars think that when Jesus spoke these words that there was this mental image, this idea, this vision in the mind's eye of his disciples and those who he preached to about this certain place in Israel. It's called En Gedi. And En Gedi is this special place in Israel. It's on the outskirts of the Dead Sea, and it is in one of the driest, uninhabitable places on earth. I have a picture of, of kind of the area, and uh, you can see there, it is just desert light. There's very little vegetation, and you can see in the background, you, when you think those are waters, that's actually the Dead Sea right there. Nothing living is in the Dead Sea. That's why they call it the Dead Sea, right? And it is just this unhospitable, dry place, and you really understand the value of water in such a place as this. Because if you do not have water, what will happen is you will die of thirst. But what is very special and very unique about En Gedi is here in this driest place of all on earth, honestly, this most desolate place, there is rivers of living water. You can go to that next picture. This is En Gedi. That is just maybe a half a mile from where that picture was taken. There is actually a waterfall in the middle of the desert. Some scholars believe that as Jesus was talking about rivers of living water that they would have referenced in Yeti there in their mind's eye. Because here's a place that is dry and desolate and for all intents and purposes there should be no living water there. And here is living water. Spirit of God is being poured out upon us. And when the Spirit of God pours out upon us and we walk in obedience to it, then the Spirit of living waters flow out how do I know that God can work through us? It's because Jesus said that when he pours out his spirit out of his heart will flow living water. The word and the spirit of God is pouring out. A fourth thing you can write down, last thing. How do I know God can use us? God has qualified us for his work. God has qualified us for his work. Last part of the scripture, so that being justified by his grace. In other words, another word for justified is qualified. I, I like to refer to it as a beautiful exchange where Jesus took my unrighteousness and he exchanged it for his righteousness. That by faith and trusting him and believing on his sacrifice on the cross, he has qualified me for eternity. Not by what I have done, not by what I have earned, but by what he has done on the cross. Not only has he qualified me for eternity, to have a right relationship with God because of his sacrifice. He's also qualified me for the work that he has called me to. You know, in just a few short months, the 2024 Summer Olympics are going to take place. And there are athletes all over the world who are competing for a spot uh, to compete for their nation in the Summer Olympic Games. See, their, their ability to earn a spot is dependent upon their abilities, right? Whether they can jump or run or uh, swim fast enough or high enough. And that's their way of qualifying for a position. Their ability 
qualifies them for a position. Some of us live with that mentality in our minds. How can I qualify myself for eternity? What work can I do? What good things can I do? Here's the thing. There's nothing you and I can do to make us righteous before all. But here's the good news. Jesus died so that we might have his righteousness. I also believe that not only has Jesus qualified us for to be a relationship with the Holy God, Jesus qualified us to be a part of the work that he's doing here and now. I'll, uh, I'll celebrate here soon almost 20 years of being in ministry and almost 15 years at this church. If you were to ask me today, after my time of experience and going to school and uh, going to various, walking alongside various other people who have mentored me, do I feel qualified for the ministry? Do I be, feel qualified for the work that he's called me? And I, I can tell you today and I can tell you my answer tomorrow, it's no. <laughs> there's not enough education, there's not enough time that I could spend to be qualified for what God has called me. The only qualifying factor about me is that I have a relationship with Jesus. That's the only qualifying factor in my life. Only because of his power, of his righteousness, that I'm able to do any of the things that he has called me to do. Friend, can I tell you, it's true in your life as well. The only way that we can be fit to have the ability, to have the skill, to have the knowledge to do what God has called us is because he has qualified. Some of us, as we step out in the atrium, and there's going to be, like I said, more than 23 ministries that you can be a part of here at Anastasia. Some of you are going to go out there with the mentality and the idea, well, I've had this experience, I have this knowledge, I think I'm qualified for this ministry. That'd be a good fit for me. <laughs> can I reshape your thinking as you go out there? <laughs> Don't say, here are the things that I think I can do based off my experience. God, where are you calling me to serve? Where are you calling me to step out in faith? Because if we believe that our God is all-powerful, we need to believe that God can use us despite of us and of our abilities. He will qualify us for the ministry he's called us to serve in. I want to challenge you this morning to think in that way. And over the last couple years that we've done Say Yes Weekend, I've kind of adopted this phrase and the phrase is this, the two best yeses you can give in your life is the first is to give uh, your yes to following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's not a better yes that you can give in your life. But the second best yes that you can give is saying yes to following him in ministry. Today's an opportunity for you to say yes to both of those. And I want to encourage you not to leave this place, not to wait another day, but to give your best yes to the and I promise, as you say yes to following as your Lord and Savior, you will not make a greater decision in your life. As you say yes to serving him in ministry, you're not going to find a better opportunity to serve him. But today is the day that the Lord has given you. How will you respond? Let's pray this morning. Lord, we love you. God, we want to give you all glory and honor and praise. Father, thank you that you invite us to be a part of your work. Thank you that God... Uh, by your sacrifice on the cross, you can use each and every one of us for your glory, not based off what we've done or what we've accomplished, by what you did on the cross. 
So, Father, as we have an opportunity to say yes to you, may we give you our best yes this morning. Whether that's to follow in a relationship with you, to be baptized, to serve in ministry, God, may as you lead us, may we respond with our best yes. It's in Jesus' holy and mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, Let's stand, let's worship. You come as the Lord leads this morning. It's that time where now your spirit does his work. As we have heard your word and as we've been challenged, we pray, Father, that we will be vessels to be used by you, that we would be willing to be vessels, surrendered vessels for your Holy Spirit's work. So, Father, do the work in us. Challenge us, motivate us, move us from where we are so that we can more closely bear the image of our Savior and give him the honor and the glory of our lives that he so richly deserves. Now may the peace make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever.